Thank you so much for clicking on this. I understand that this interview is an hour long, but it was so great that I didn't want to break it up into more in one piece. In order to make it more manageable, I went through and highlighted all the timestamps of the important bits of this interview. Uh, so you can pick and choose what you would like to watch. And if you end up liking what you see, please subscribe. I have more interviews and other projects on the way. Thank you so much and enjoy the interview. Hi, I'm Joey Gilroy. Welcome back to We Love College Water Ski. Normally I interview collegiate water ski teams from across the United States. But this week I'm doing something a little bit different. I'm going with a more individual interview. My guest this week has skied for Team Canada. He's skied for Rollin College and he's currently a ULL Raging Cajun. My guest this week is the number one overall water skier in the world, Dorian Llewellyn. Do you wanna say hi? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and thanks for the intro, you know, that always feels good hearing that, that I'm, you know, trying to make my own name. Obviously my dad's got a big name. Uh, he never went to college in the collegiate water ski scene. So, you know, any type of little bit of push up I can get is always welcome. Oh yeah, like honestly, as somebody who didn't grow up skiing, I know that I've seen your name on skis and I've seen the one crash that we don't want to talk about and that's about it. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I make no uh, hesitation to mention that my parents were two of the best water skiers of all time. So I, uh, I try to not brag about myself, but when it comes to my parents, I'll, or my, even my uncle, I'll talk about them all day. And so did they get you into skiing when I'm sure they did when you were little? Oh yeah. Um, there's some newspaper articles where I'm like, I don't know, I must've been a couple months old and they're already carrying me. Nowadays you probably post something like that and the entire internet would blow up saying that they were bad parents. But you know, I grew up with two of the coolest parents I could think of and they had me on skis. Uh, must've been three, maybe a little younger and uh, never really pushed me to do it though. That was the best thing I think for my skiing was that they let me play a bunch of different sports. My dad's from Canada. So you know, that's where the Canadian team aspect came in, but also where hockey started for me. So I started playing hockey at like four or five competitively, at like six years old. And I took that really seriously. I did a bunch of other sports like soccer and, you know, basketball, football, whatever. But uh, yeah, eventually um, ended up playing hockey really seriously. And then also somewhat skiing. Um, when I really got into it was when my cousin in Austria, Sebastian, who uh, I think actually a year and a half ago spent uh, a year at ASU. So he somewhat got to see what the collegiate lifestyle is like too. But uh, he started skiing and he was 10 and I was nine. And once he started skiing, I got that competitive bug and I just wanted to keep going. Cool. And so starting when you were three, do you remember your first set or is it just like a picture that you have? Uh, I actually, I think I remember the I assume this is the first set. It's like the oldest ski memory I have, but the classic, like so classic. So anybody that's watching that has done this, you can know that almost everybody does this. Um, I remember getting up, falling, and then my parents saying, hold on to the handle no matter what. And then getting drugged through the water and just water everywhere on my face. And so that's kind of my first memory. It's not like the most glamorous one, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Nice. I know that was absolutely my first skiing memory at like 19. It's like the hold <laughs> nice. on no matter what. And then the next time, not that much. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually funny that we're talking about that. Um, so my mom, who is also a two-time world champion water skier, 
um, she started skiing at like 17, 18 years old. So I'm, I'm sure she has that same memory. Like she was really coordinated from gymnastics and also really strong because she was a national rowing champion. But so maybe she didn't fall that way. But um, yeah, that I think my mom's a really good story for anybody that starts late in skiing to see that you can really still push it and try to be the best skier you can be. And you never know where you'll end up. Cool. And then, so I kind of want to talk a little bit about your other sport history, because I didn't know you were, like, I didn't know you were huge into hockey. Like, did you play all through high school? Yeah, I actually, I went up to Boston, played four years in Boston of high school hockey, uh, prep school hockey. And uh, that whole thought process was like, you know, I have a good foundation in skiing. Obviously, I have two of the best coaches in the world. So I felt like it was the right time for me to go and try to see how far I could take hockey. And um, it also was a side benefit of like the first year I really enjoyed playing other sports. I got to play football competitively and then uh, lacrosse, which I loved. Lacrosse is definitely the most fun sport I've played outside of uh, water skiing and hockey. And but then I kind of got to to be a little bit freer again. And, and I threw that realized once again how much I loved skiing and how much I wanted to be back but like I said I wanted to see how far I could take hockey and you know in the end I, I, I had some college offers and I don't know where I could have taken it that'll still always be a what if for me but um, yeah I just I was a Florida boy at heart and I wanted to come back and, and water ski. Nice and absolutely agree with lacrosse like I picked up skiing in college but lacrosse is I played through high school. I'm coaching now. It's definitely a great, a great sport that you can apply a lot of skiing lessons to. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, um, for me, lacrosse, the way I should have said it actually was that lacrosse is the most fun sport that I've ever played that I didn't take super seriously. Like obviously hockey, like I was saying, you know, my dream was to play in the NHL and skiing my dreams to be world champion, world record holder. So the, the next step down was lacrosse and like that was, I just had such a good time. So much fun. Yeah. I noticed that like, especially compared to NCAA, like lacrosse has a lot of the same types of elements, like same types of people you'll meet where yeah. everyone's always like, oh, here, take my stick, try it out, have fun. Yeah, for real. That's definitely true. And uh, I got to meet Paul Rabel one time, uh, who is like, I yeah, I, I can see your face when I say that, but like, one of my favorite athletes and especially with, I mean, obviously the cross is really growing, but um, being from a sport kind of like water skiing, where there's a lot of people that play it. There's a lot of people that don't really understand what it is. Uh, I've watched what he's done with the sport and it's, it's really inspiring. So, you know, I hope that I can do something like he's done for lacrosse for water skiing at some point. Oh yeah. I've seen a lot of like parallels between the growth of lacrosse and how I think skiing can grow too. Like, yeah, I was talking to Conley at the point of when this is going to come out a couple weeks ago. And when the, the guy asked me like where I'd like to see skiing go. And I think like to grow it more would be to s somehow establish like a high school version of NCAA. That's definitely, I mean, it's definitely possible. I think uh, collegiate skiing is, oops, sorry. No, collegiate skiing is uh, definitely such a different experience and it's so cool and gets so many people into the sport. Um, and, you know, there, there are those people that they graduate and then they kind of veer away from the sport and kind of follow it less. And you also have 
tons and tons of people around the world that, you know, how many people you meet where you say, oh yeah, I water ski in college or I water ski professionally. And they say, oh, I've water skied before, or they know somebody that's done it. And it, you know, that's such a big viewer base that we have that we just haven't even tapped into yet. So, you know, there are people that they get down on water skiing and say, you know, there are not, not that many people watching and there are other sports that are bigger, but I mean, we have the potential to be huge and so many people enjoy being out on the water, being with family, being with friends. And that's what collegiate really represents for me. And yeah, if you take that to high school, you're just going to expand the reach that you can get through that. Mm -hmm. Also, selfishly, I like I would like, because I'm in Ohio, I'd like to make a bit of a feeder system to like create like mini ski babies. Because I know like for me, the biggest regret I have in high school is some of my friends in college happen to live like 20 minutes from me now and they like invited me to go out skiing my sophomore year sophomore junior year of high school I'm like no I'm not going to do that in college it'll be fine and here I am <laughs> yeah you get hooked you get hooked real quick mm -hmm. so with that uh so you're an overall skier now you do all three events do you have a like a favorite one uh, I always tell people when they ask me that, first of all, super hard question. Um, but I always say that the beauty of overall skiing is that whatever's going well that day is my favorite event. So, you know, if you only do one event and you don't have a good slalom set, then you, you don't really have a trick set to fall back on. But, um, yeah, it, honestly, it really is that I have some times where, you know, slalom is the most fun thing I've ever done. And then there's sometimes where I'm struggling and instead tricks is the most fun thing I've ever done. And obviously, you know, I typically, I fall back on like the backup plan is always to say jump. Cause I mean, you can't beat flying 200 and plus feet through the earth. Not even the scratch that you can't beat flying through the air in general, because for anybody, no matter how far you jump, I mean, that first of all, that first time you go over the ramp, it's the most insane thing ever. And then every time that you PB or anytime you get close to like jumping as far as you can, I mean, it feels huge. I, I almost every single PB that I've had has felt like the biggest jump ever. And that's also why, uh, which it really actually leads into collegiate skiing again. Um, I love, you know, and some people, you know, they're back and forth on this, but I throw the fist a good amount, sometimes too much. But uh, yeah, I, I love celebrating those even little wins. And that's why, you know, you're at a collegiate event and everybody's cheering on shore. It's, it's an awesome experience, so. I know whenever I'm skiing, especially in Joe, I, um, I'm not sure about you, but I always feel like even when I had to be, it's like, oh, I could have gone farther on like that one. Oh yeah. And so <laughs> people are like celebrating. They're like, yeah, he, like, yeah, he went farther. And I'm just in the back of my own thing, like could have. Could have gone farther. Yeah, always, always. Hey, that's what at Kiwis last year, the last pro event of the year, we had that the Mastercraft Pro. And also Jack Critchley went 231 and he jumped 230 for the first time. So, you know, I was standing on the dock and I'm all fired up. And I think uh, I jumped 217, 223, which would have been a PB had it not jumped that far the weekend before. And then I jumped 226 on the last jump. And I remember landing and being so mad. But then I turned around and saw the scoreboard and it's a three foot PB. And it, it still hit me how cool the jump was. But yeah, no, that... That's, I mean, you know, it's, it's so cheesy. And, but I think about Blades of Glory when Chaz Michael Michaels is like, I'm never satisfied. And it's like, it's so true. Like it's curse. 
but no, nah, that's a hundred percent. That never ends. Yeah. And then, so talking about records as like, so you're coming back to the NCAA after a year away, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't ski my freshman year at Rollins. I was, uh, I had a knee injury. I tore my PCL, my MCL uh, jumping. So that was tough year. Um, but it also, it was a good lead into college. I kind of got to, you know, figure out what was going on without skiing, which obviously I was sad about that, but it gave me time to focus on school. And, um, yeah, so I didn't ski that first year. So I have, uh, one year of eligibility left and I took a year. I was already planning on doing that. I wanted to just focus on skiing and ski as well as I could. And yeah, then afterwards I was, I was planning on starting my, uh, I'm in the systems engineering uh, course at ULL uh, nice. for a master's. So cool. And so I, as I was like peeking at your scores before this, you're dangerously close to or over setting NCAA records. Are you going to try and go for them? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, hey, it's, it's always a plan to ski better and to push everybody. I, I actually, my last year at Rollins, I had to take a mandatory uh, liberal arts class. It was called health and wellness. And the thing that stuck with me the most about that class was the teacher talked about the word compete and he split it up into its Latin roots. And when you look at that compete, really, it translates to striving together, which it, I mean, it, it, he even said it, it can kind of change the way that you look at competition. And every now and then I, I do remind myself of that, that while we're all competing against each other and we get mad when somebody beats us, like that whole idea of striving together and striving to be better, that is so powerful. And so, you know, I'm obviously we got a bunch of tournaments this year. We got the uh, Nautique just put up the uh, qualification series for the masters. So that's going to be really hectic. So, you know, I'm going to focus as much as I can on both and we'll see what happens. Nice. I've always wondered with like the with skiers like you who do both. Do you ever practice, especially for jump? Do you ever practice like thirty-two, uh, five-foot ramps? Oh yeah, um, collegiate's really funny. Uh, I often tell people it's one of the weirdest experiences as a person that also skis professionally, um, because you're standing on the dock and everybody's having such a good time, and you know you're hanging out with a bunch of people that just genuinely love skiing, which it's not that that doesn't happen at regular events, but there is somewhat this stigma where a lot of tournaments, you go to the lake, you ski and you leave, and then you go back and rest or whatever in case you have to ski again. Um, but collegiate, everybody's there, everybody's having such a good time. And then you go to ski and all of a sudden you step onto the dock and you're just like, oh, this is so awesome, I love this. And then you stand there and like, I remember the one year I looked over and I'm standing next to Freddie Winter and I'm about to swallow him. And I'm like, okay, like, okay, got to refocus here. Um, so yeah, it don't, don't get me wrong. Obviously we're focusing on, you know, jumping at regular speeds as well, like 35 and six foot. But when it comes to collegiate skiing, we all get that same competitive drive. And I remember Taylor going really far. I remember Conley going far and Carlo. And those are guys that I grew up skiing against. And I'm like, okay, like, time to time to take it to them nice so talking about six foot ramps i accidentally took a set on a five and a half once while i was learning how to land nice it's like to the point where the ramp was obviously wrong but i was too new to know that to like no like no no i'm wrong this is fine (laughs) come back to the dock and was like what the heck was that yeah how'd that how'd that set go 
Uh, I actually got my first land ever during that set because I was, oh, I, think I was just so concentrated on not screwing up. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, you just needed that extra challenge, you know? Oh, yeah. I've not touched it since, and I don't think I ever will. But it'll be fun. <laughs> nice. And so uh, my next question for you is, what's it take to be a, like a three-eventer uh, at a pro level? Like compared uh, to... Yeah, it's that's it takes a lot. Um, I'm not trying to just say that because I do it. And, you know, people say that all the time that uh, three eventers train three times as hard as single eventers, which, you know, isn't always the case. I mean, you have, you have some single eventers that ski three times a day or more, and they're also working really hard too. So, but to have to go out and then slalom and then also trick and jump, like having those different forces on your body in the same day. And also knowing that you're going to have to do those every single day, um, it definitely puts a strain on your body. And especially once you get closer to the season, uh, I find that I can somewhat get away with skiing all three events, like five sets a day, almost every day, up until the point where you're like, okay, now, now I wanna jump farther than 200 today in practice. And I wanna do my trick runs or something like sequences and also try to run, let's say 39 for me. Like it changes obviously for any person, but for me, those are the three levels where if I'm trying to do all three of those in one day, I'm gonna wake up the next day feeling really sore. Um, so yeah, that, that's when you start to, have to pick and choose. Like to, maybe today I'm gonna try to run 39 and I'm gonna cut and pass and jump or even just cut or maybe not jump at all. Um, and then, yeah, so, you know, I don't ever wanna put anybody else down, but as an overall skier and watching other people train overall, it's extremely hard and you have to be really, really committed to it, which, you know, that's what makes it tough sometimes when we don't really have that many events anymore for overall. Uh, thank, uh, luckily the last couple of years, we've had one or two each year. And, um, but yeah, I think back to my dad's era of skiing when they had the world cup and the pro tour and there was overall stops at every, every single tour stop. And also, you know, these guys were, almost all of them were overall skiers. So they're all competing in each of the three events. So there was a lot of chances to, you know, make a living at skiing. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I love each event and I also love the fact that I get to do each event every day. And like I said, you know, sometimes when one event doesn't go well and I get to lean on the other one and say, oh, I still had a really good day. That's part of what makes it all worth it for me. Nice. And then so you mentioned like five sets specifically, is that your normal, like every, like you skied five sets today? Uh, yeah, I would say on an, uh, I would say anywhere from three to five, like sometimes, well, uh, yeah, three to five is normal. Six is definitely pushing it. Anything under three, then you're either taking an easy day or you're only doing one event or something. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty standard. Uh, right now, like when I get started in the season, maybe I'll, I'll do like a slalom and a trick one day and then a jump and a trick, just trying to get the body going. Cause we have a rule here that you can't complain for the first two weeks of your skiing because your hands hurt, your back hurts and everything's locked up. So I was trying to like lean into it a little bit, just ease myself in. And, but yeah, pretty soon I'll probably start doing three to five sets on average every day. That's the dream. Right. Yeah. I'm in Ohio and it's been, it snowed about a foot and a half in the last two days. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, it's cold here today. So I almost didn't want to get in the water. <laughs> nice. And then, so you mentioned slalom trick or jump trick is, is that mean like trick every day, no matter what? 
Yeah, um, that's somewhat the the plan. When I when I said you know doing thirty nine and tr trick runs and uh, jumping two hundred, the the two that really end up clashing and making you sore the next day are probably slalom and jump. Um, but at the same time, you know, doing trick runs is also really hard on the body. Um, but I would say you know especially beginning of the season when you're trying new tricks. Granted, you are falling a lot, but typically when you're doing like one trick at a time and you're just repeating that trick it, I think personally, that's my strategy. I know Joel Poland. I've seen him post sometimes that even on off days, sometimes he'll trick. And that's not to say that trick isn't really hard. Cause we all know that trick is super tough, but yeah, I, I, I sometimes feel like that's my best training method is to, to have those paired with trick almost every day. Mm -hmm. I know as someone who's not a great overall skier, it's trick is my favorite, my least favorite to practice because it's like, it's not taxing, but it's super hard. Yeah. It's technically, it's just so tough. And sometimes that feeling of not only being out of control, which, you know, human beings are, we're tended to not like being out of control. Um, but also just having to try and try again and try again, and sometimes not feeling like you're progressing. I, I do see why some people have that opinion of tricks that it's just not fun. Um, that being said, I personally, at times, I mean, like I said, you know, jump going really far, having a perfect slalom pass, it feels awesome. Uh, there are times where I feel like trick is the most freeing of the three events because I can go out and I can kind of just jump the wakes and do some grabs and do stuff that you know, typically isn't going to ever be done in a tournament. That's, I think that's why I loved uh, the King of Darkness events that we had a couple of years ago where we got to do the like out of 10 base scoring. So style points came into factor. And yeah, even the, the water ski nation contest that we had last year, that stuff I think is so much fun. And that's something that I think is really the Okay. I, I had this Instagram thing a couple of years ago where I did the, the beauty of tricks and I was about to say that. So, you know, that's, that's what it embodies for me is having that ability to do kind of whatever you're thinking about that day and be creative. Yep. Nice. And then speaking about creative tricks. So I, before I ask this question, I'm going to preface this with, I fully understand I'm about to say something completely stupid. Like why would I even do this? But it's still fun. All right. I like to ask like super high end trickers. Have you ever tried a flip while you're doing toes? No, I have not. I've heard about it. And to be honest, it kind of scares me. <laughs> uh, I trust my dad completely in the boat as a pin person. Um, and, you know, maybe one day I'd try it, but man, um, that sounds, it sounds terrifying, <laughs> which honestly, that's what could, it could make it really cool. So you never know. But um, I don't know if I would start with my foot on the ski or off. Gosh, there's so many things. But yeah, hey, if I've heard of people doing it, like I think Nicholas Laforestier did one or something. So um, if anybody has a video out there, send it my way or post it because I would like to see that. Yeah, I just, it's always a fun thing to like joke about when people start doing toes, just like screaming at, <laughs> screaming at them in the boat to do a flip. Yeah. You get them to do it or do they usually not? Oh, everyone knows it's a joke as it happens. <laughs> nice. Same, same thing is the clap, like people around me, you like to call the perfect trick run is two side slides and a back foot fall. Oh yeah. It's like, <laughs> what nice. you do the yeah, two no, no, no. and you try something cool. Yeah. 
that makes it makes me think of the the collegiate tradition for some of the midwest teams that if you've never jumped before like you're not allowed to jump until you get to a tournament and then they're all sitting there on shore and they're all filming and it's like nice like this is this is literally what it's all about so i can just imagine some new kid coming and you're like yeah no no first first set you got to do try to do a flip when you do toes and they just go out and do it and afterwards you're like man i i honestly didn't think you'd do that I feel like any responsible pinner would pull the would just drop the pin before like oh, probably yeah. as you're cresting the weight because like just in case. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then speaking about like first jumps, everyone's filming. Uh, last summer, so not the COVID summer, summer before we had a kid who was just like out skiing with us. Uh, never skied before. We got him out on jumpers. It was fun, and he got he looked confident enough and like okay, he's not gonna hurt himself, but this might be funny. Then he went, he went and jumped. Everyone's got the cameras out and they're like, ah. and he didn't land them, but he looked solid enough. It's like, oh, it's disappointing. Yeah. Well, I, it, yeah, actually I had really similar last summer. Um, we were doing some, trying to do some media for that pro overall event we had in Austria. Uh, it was the World Water Ski Open in Linz where we had the world championships in 2007. And it was, you know, my mom's from Austria and I used to ski for the Austrian junior team or even the national team uh, from 12 to 17, I skied for them. And so, you know, we had these guys come out from the, the one of the local t or the like news station, TV station. And this guy, his job is to go around and do a bunch of different sports and they film it and then they put it on this, this show. And they told us beforehand that he was coordinated, but we're like, all right, come on. Like we've never seen anybody land their first jump after skiing for one day. Cause the guy had never skied before. So we took him out and he did like four sets right away. First, first day. And at the end of the day, we said, okay, now you got to go over the ramp. And we're telling the crew, like, don't worry. He didn't crash a lot, but as soon as he hits the jump, he's going to slip out for sure. And his first jump, he landed on his skis, like, almost skied away and then pulled on his arms and fell back. And then we took him back for his second jump and he made it like that. That was super impressive. I've never seen anybody do that. And I mean, Hey, hats off to anybody that has, if you have, you know, comment that and tell us that you've done that. But um, that was really impressive. Yeah. It's always kind of, it's always a fun mixed bag of when, whenever I see new people jump. It's, yeah. I know my I know my first jump ever. I like touched the ramp and basically sat down, which was <laughs> yeah. It didn't feel great, but I definitely remember it. Oh yeah, um, I think my my dad like obviously everything between my dad and I is a competition. Um, but he told me something right right as I was going out for my first set that I was actually going to get to over the ramp, and he said something like, oh, "I landed my first twenty seven jumps in a row," and. I did, I must, and I had been riding my skis for like a year beforehand. So I was really comfortable in my skis and I was 12. So I'd been skiing for, I don't know, a ton of years anyway. So I felt good and I felt like oh, I, I can do this. And I, I landed my first jump, skied away in my second jump. I felt, I sat back on the landing and I did not want to let go of the handle. Like it, same as my first set ever. I was like, there's no chance that I'm letting go. So I probably took a little bit of a beating on that jump. I didn't ski away, so pride was hurt too. But you know, hey, everybody, everybody has those first first couple jumps where you don't know what's going to happen. But that's that's the beauty of it. Oh yeah, Ooh, I just, that reminds me of you're like holding on too long on a jump. Reminds me of my, last year at collegiate regionals in the Midwest. 
I managed somehow managed to hit on my second jump like a 70 footer. Mind you, my pre my PB beforehand is about was around 55. So like a huge PB. So that felt I land, but I didn't like ride it out. So oh. I went, I landed on the water, went sideways and did like a bit of a tumble turn and yeah. thought this should be fine. Kept pulling on the handle, riding down sideways on the lake, eventually dig my skis in the water to try and save it somehow. Nice. And didn't. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point, like I was saying before, you know, when you have, when you have a new PB, you know, in the air, you're like, all right, this is big. And then you land and you're like, no, I'm not letting go at all. And so, yeah, I can totally, totally resonates with me there. Oh yeah. Like boat crew came around. Just a couple of my friends were in the boat. They're like, well, do you want to know the number? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, oh, so you mentioned skiing for a team like Austria. What, what's it like to ski for like a national team compared to a collegiate team? Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because there are a lot of different scenarios for what it means to be on a national team. Uh, I remember my first every year that I was on the Austrian junior team, we're going to the junior Europeans, which any European would tell you is one of the most fun events, like Europeans collegiate nationals are two of the most fun events that you can ever go to. Um, and yeah, we're all, the whole team jumps in the bus. We're driving from Austria down to Italy and, spent every day together in the hotel together. Um, so that was, that really was like the same collegiate feel. We're all sitting out at the lake together, but at that point you are starting to think about the timing a little bit more of like, you know, I don't ski until at least one o'clock or two o'clock. So you're not going out there with that first group, maybe in the morning at 7.00 AM. Um, and like, you know, team medals come into play. So even the coaches are behind you with that. Um, and then you get to the, the higher national teams and you're going to the world championships and we're all still super tight. Like I love the Canadian team. All those guys are some of my best friends. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, you, you get more of that individual aspect of it. And, you know, it's, I would say it's pretty normal as a kid. You're, you're typically doing stuff just for the love of the game. Um, and then sometimes when we get older, we start to forget about that and we just get so focused on the competitive aspect. So, you know, there's my, my dad's talked about some teams in the past. I know Jimmy Clooney, anybody that doesn't know who that is, you look him up. He's an awesome jumper. Um, but he was always one of those guys that was out from sunup sundown at every world championships and was one of the best jumpers in the world. So I'm not saying that you lose that, but there's definitely more of a focus on like, okay, I'm at the world's here. This is what I do for a living. And I got to focus on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it has a lot of the aspects of collegiate, but that's what makes collegiate so awesome is that you have that team and you also do everything together and you really feel that love for one another. Oh, great. So I want to, because I have you here and you are at the, peak of what most collegiate skiing is because hundreds of kids are three eventers because they have to be for team numbers rather than uh, because they can ski so often. I have a couple questions that will hopefully help them at some point. First one is if you had like to, if you were only able to practice one event before a tournament, which one would you pick to help bet most benefit the other two? Huh? That's really interesting. Um, man. I mean, I guess you could also look at it as what would help my team the most. Um, 
or you could also think, you know, what am I best at? Um, what is going to get me in the best mindset mindset for that tournament? Because if your good events going really well, maybe that'll just give you that confidence to be to be buzzing for each each of the other two events. Um, man, that's a tough question. Jeez, uh, because I mean, they all they're obviously they're all really different. Like slalom, trick, and jump are very different, and that's again what makes overall heat skiing so hard. But uh, they also lend into each other really well. Like going out and just jumping the wakes and having fun is definitely a good way to, you know, just feel comfortable on your ski. Hmm, man, I'm definitely going to think about this question a lot after you ask, um, because I'm one of those people that like when we go to big events uh, and you obviously have shortened practice sets, same as collegiate when everybody tries to practice. Um, I'm always one of those people that's super stressed to try to get all the events in. Um, yeah, honestly, maybe I would just say that. I would say the fact that, you know, pick pick whatever your best event is or whatever event that you feel like, if you feel like an event's going really well and you don't need to practice that, then maybe focus on a different one. Like if slalom, if you're like, dude, I'm, I'm humming right now in slalom, then maybe go out and, and practice jump. But um, I would say no matter what, just go into the tournament with the mindset that each event is going to help you. So no matter what you do, just feel confident on your ski and then you'll be good to go on the other two. Great. And then, so if you had a brand new skier, like 90% of the collegiate teams are, uh, which event would you start them on? Um, probably slalom. I would say, uh, that is what, I mean, it's the stereotypical first, first thing that people think about when they think about water skiing and just getting up on two skis and then, starting to feel like that cutting motion, which also lends into jump really well. Um, but yeah, my progression through skiing was slalom and trick first. And then, like I said, at 12 I, or 11, I started cutting on my jump skis and my dad made me cut for a year. And then only after that year did I actually go over the ramp. Now that's not to say that, you know, you can't go over the ramp on your first time at a tournament, like a lot of guys do in collegiate, but, um, for me, slalom, that foundation that I got definitely set me up for the other two events really well. And tricks, you know, like we've already said, tricks is really tough, really technical, and the ski is really slippery. So I think slalom is the best way to get somebody up comfortable and then confident enough to go on the other two. Okay, great. And then do you have any advice you'd want to give to ski teams or skiers that have to three event rather than like pick and choose what they want to do? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, a couple times now, uh, doing three events gives you the option to have multiple things go well during the day. It also for collegiate, it helps your team in every way possible. I mean, you know, Rollins, we pride ourselves on being a really good team, but at the same time, we always came to the nationals with some deficit. Like, I mean, one year, I think we only had three jumpers. So doing each of the events and actually feeling comfortable enough to do them in a tournament can help your team way more than you ever thought. Um, even if you don't think that you're skiing well, it, it could mean the difference between, you know, being in fourth or fifth or second or first. I mean, you never know. Um, so yeah, get started as early as possible. And then also for me, it's, uh, I've said this a couple of times, but like enjoying those little things in each event that makes it special. Like, every slalom turn like when you have that perfect slalom turn and you just come through and as you're finishing it you're like man that was butter um that i mean that feeling is awesome and then also again for tricks like just going out having fun jumping the wakes 
There are so many kids that come here to ski with us that for a, a couple days at, at least we'll have them just jump the wakes and, you know, mess around, try to do a grab or like kick their ski up, like just doing some flare stuff. And it's things that a lot of people don't think about, but like, like I said, you know, if you get comfortable on your ski, it's just going to make your skiing better. And yeah, it, I mean, jump, I will never be upset with anybody that's saying that jump scares them, but if you do it, you're going to have the rush of your life. So that's my advice is just go for it. Nice. And then do you have any tips for getting people comfortable on trip skis? Because those are always probably the most uncomfortable ski to ride. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, first of all, don't give up. It's everybody first time on a trick ski, we're all getting up and our skis shaking and that happens for a while. And um, just try to really understand where your center is on the ski. A lot of people end up being back foot heavy and you know, you never, you never want to be super front foot because catching an edge is not fun in anything that you do, but yeah, try to, try to find your center and, um, that'll kind of free you up not only to turn, but also to like be light on the water. Um, something that actually is really good for that, that a lot of us have started doing in the last couple of years, just for fun is foiling, like foiling. You really have to know exactly where the center is of your body mass and where you're putting your weight. And, um, in addition, actually also surfing, just regular wake surfing. Um, I've had coaches, uh, Camilo Espinelli, he, which he's one of the best trick coaches in the world to get me to do ski lines, to do body overs. He actually took me out surfing and he showed me that feeling of when you shift your weight onto the front of the surfboard, how you really catch speed. And that helped me end up getting on top of my ski and getting light and free for when I was doing ski line O and ski line five. So um, yeah, just finding that center, but also honestly go out, jump the wakes, have fun, spray your friends, do doubles, like just, just go out and have a good time on a trick ski. That's what it's all about. Cool. And then, so that's all of the like hard, like skiing questions I have for you. Yeah. But, uh, next one is, so you've been at ULL for a year. Have you seen like a big difference between like the atmospheres between ULL and Rollins? Um, yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately I haven't been to campus between COVID and also like what my general plan was. Um, I haven't been on campus as much as I'd like to be. Um, so I haven't really, I, and, and it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't even matter because not only do I know all those guys really well, but they're also such a good group of people that I still feel like I'm super part of the team. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's different for sure. Um, it's def first of all, it's a different mindset because this team, uh, which I knew, I knew this four years ago and I, I, I still know it now is that this team always wants to win every year. And uh, not that we didn't want to win at Rollins, but we knew some years we just didn't have enough skiers. And so that's really cool. Not only is it exciting to go to a nationals and be either one of the contenders or even a favorite right now to win, but that I feel that pressure a little bit of like, okay, man, I'm going to be standing on the dock and, you know, it's not going to all come down to me, which is nice, but I still have to obviously hold up my end um, and ski my best. So I'm, I'm expecting this nationals to be a wild ride. Um, but yeah, in general, um, like I said, my plan was a, a year off and then I started at ULL and you know, part, obviously part of it was that I knew the team was really good. So don't get me wrong. I, Hey, I, when I was in high school and I played uh, prep school hockey, 
when you won the state championships in Massachusetts for hockey, obviously huge deal. Like I think the only other state where it'd be a bigger deal is Minnesota and they gave out big championship rings. So same as they do in collegiate for skiing. And I wanted to win a ring so bad. Uh, just, I mean, that's just my competitive nature. I always want to win. And so then when I got to Rollins, I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to win a national championship. And I was not disappointed because at the end of the day, collegiate was still awesome. And I loved the experience, but I really wanted to be part of that, that winning team culture and to have that, those nerves that I'm talking about on the dock. I mean, that's what we sign up for. That's why we do this. And when you stand at the dock, either whether it's collegiate or whether it's a world championships and you feel that pressure, it's in my opinion, always an awesome experience because your body's getting ready to do something that you really enjoy. But yeah. So for me, like going to ULL, I I'm enjoying the fact that we're potentially going to win or compete for a title. Um, but on the same time, I don't, I, I definitely didn't make the decision just based on skiing, like the, the program there, the systems engineering, I, I always knew that after doing physics at Rollins that I wanted to be an engineer and their program, let me do a lot of the classes online. So I could get that done, be here at home in Florida and still progress to where the worlds are at the end of this year. So I knew that was really important for me. So from an academic standpoint, it also made a lot of sense for me to go to that school. Okay, great. And then um, this is just me being kind of nosy and curious. What's the, what is the recruitment process like being on the other side, like being on the recruiter, recruited side? Oh, <laughs> the recruited side. Gotcha. Um, so I, it's funny because I, I knew a lot of people obviously from Europe that skied at, at ULL and made a lot of friends over the years as well. Um, but Probably two of the main people were Carlo from Austria and Janina Bonneman from Germany. And I joked with them for like, I, it must've been by the end of my first year at Rollins that I was like, Hey, you know, I got this extra year of eligibility. Like you guys want me on the team or what? And they were like, yeah, yeah, come over and we'll bring, win a ring together. And I was like, that sounds great to me. And I joked about that for four years. So I basically joked it into existence. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. Uh, it's same thing as hockey, like getting that, obviously getting that attention and what people wanting you on the team is, is really cool. And, and I know that uh, I didn't get to go uh, mainly because of COVID, but like going to the school and getting to hang out with the team and getting to see what it's like just to be at that school. I had that experience for hockey. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really fun experience and also just seeing the team atmosphere in general. I mean, that's something that you fall in love with the school with right away is, is seeing what it's like being on a team. Um, so yeah. Cool. I don't know, cause I had a bit of it at, like, at lacrosse, just getting some interest from coaches. I was, I've always been curious about like how ski recruiting works because it is such a close community that you know these skiers for years. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why for me, I wasn't really that worried about it, even when I didn't get to go and visit. Um, those guys were always like, hey, any weekend you want to come, like, just come stay with us. And I already know a lot of those guys. I grew up with them. And so I was already really comfortable. Um, but on the other hand, you know, on the other side, if you're not getting recruited, that means basically nothing in the, in the collegiate water ski scene, because everybody on a collegiate team, no matter what team it is, they want you to come out and have a good time. And obviously... Like there are the, the A teams and the B teams and like certain people need to train because we are going to the collegiate nationals, but 
the the water ski community is so awesome for that that i mean how many people get into water skiing at the college level so yeah if you if you didn't personally get a call from a coach saying hey i want you to come water ski for us that does not mean in any sense that a you shouldn't start water skiing and b that you're not going to be on the team and finally c which is probably the most important part is that you're going to have probably some of the best times of your life great and so those I'm winding down the questions I have. Okay. Uh, you've got some pretty prominent logos going, probably on purpose. Do you want to talk about those two? Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, just, you know, coincidental. I was just happy to wear these. But um, no, yeah, obviously Red Bull has been a huge part of my water ski career. Um, you know, my mom was one of the first six female, or actually one of the first female athletes and one of the first six athletes ever sponsored by Red Bull. So the support that they've given my family over the years is really important, but then also to be supporting me as well. Um, it's, it's a really awesome thing for my career. It really lets me focus on the fact that I can do this for a long time and it makes sense for me financially as well as also having that support. Like, like I said, when I hurt my knee, um, they gave me the opportunity to train at the Red Bull facility in Austria, like one of the HQ facilities. And I don't think that my knee would have been as good without their help. Um, so yeah, I owe a lot of stuff in my career to them. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Acquire is a Canadian clothing company that I've been working with for the last couple of years. Love the designs. It's like a street art, kind of a graffiti style, like with some gaming stuff involved. So it's been a really cool ride seeing that and getting to have some input on different shirt and, and bathing suit designs and you know, having my own like signature bathing suit, that, that was part of the reason why I was like, okay, this is going to be really cool. And I want to work with this guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, Hey, water skiing is an awesome sport. You get to meet a lot of awesome people. And through that, you make these connections and, you know, not only are they companies that you enjoy working with, but they're people that you enjoy working with. Cool. And as long as we've been talking about Red Bull, Red Bull is a godsend at collegiate tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, you get to the lake and everybody's tired because we're training really hard and we're just focused on skiing. So that we're, we're basically, we're basically up all night, just thinking about how we're going to ski well the next day. That's the most important thing, obviously. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you get to the lake and people are sleeping because they're so focused and um, yeah, Red Bull, gotta love it. Yep. I know uh, we got when I was in Cincinnati, we got in touch with our campus Red Bull rep and they were just funneling crates of Red Bull towards us to give out at tournaments. Yeah. Well, it's funny because there was, I don't know, some years ago when they, they had some somebody sued Red Bull because their ad campaign said gives you wings and they didn't sprout wings. And then there was some stipulation that Red Bull had to give away. I think it was $17 million worth of cans to people. So you go in and you get like four or five free cans and i started seeing some articles coming out in favor for red bull that was like don't even don't even go get those cans because red bull has honestly given you so many free cans in your life that like I, and hey they it's fine if you did like don't get me wrong but yeah it's they're an awesome company and for me red bull as a whole it's obviously it's still an energy drink and they sell energy drink drinks all over the world which you know i've been the night jumps in Moomba where I skied at eight in the morning and then night jump was at 11 at night. And I definitely have used Red Bull for that for sure. But for me, Red Bull is so much more than that. Like it's just this global brand that 
not only is helping athletes get better, but I mean, they're doing a lot of things for a lot of people that make the world a better place. So one thing I think that is really cool about your two specific like Acquire and Red Bull is that they're not ski brands. Like that's a hard thing to get. I've noticed that like, I've seen like a lot of people who are like pro skiers and their sponsors are D3 or. Yeah. So. Yeah. Obviously, you know, that, that's a big part of it. I mean, skis, it, skis, boats, not, not the most or the cheapest thing in the world. Um, that is also like talking about things that can help the sport. You know, I'm not saying that these companies shouldn't be making money because they are making top of the line products. And I love all my skis and I, I love the boat that we use, but um, yeah, obviously that's, it's a tough thing when, when families have to spend a lot of money to get their kids into skiing, not knowing how seriously they're going to take it. Um, so yeah, I mean, skiers having these brands that they're pushing and getting, getting equipment so that they can perform to the height of their abilities. It's obviously really important, but yeah, anytime that we can branch out to other people and, um, anybody that has been on Instagram and happened to see one of my videos on the Red Bull Instagram, I mean, that for me, for building my own personal brand has been huge for me. And uh, do you think you can see, where do you think you see uh, potential expansion for other like skiers towards? Do you think like energy drinks would be a good place to go to clothing brands like you have? Yeah, it's honestly, it's a, it's a crazy thing to think about because there's, I, I mean, again, it, it's, you can get the wrong image. You can, present the wrong image. Like if you get, go out and get a sponsor that really doesn't gel with the lifestyle that we're portraying, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to drop any names, but if it's like something that makes your body unhealthy versus trying to promote a healthy lifestyle that obviously doesn't make sense for that person for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, any, any brand that you can bring into the sport and expose the sport to is a positive for the sport. I always think that water skiing is a super hidden gem sport. Like I've never, never, ever had somebody come out here and watch skiing and leave and go, yeah, that really wasn't that cool. And granted, I mean, they're saying this to me, so I'm the one that just skied. So like, you know, obviously they're biased. They don't want to hurt my feelings, but I honestly do believe them whenever they leave. I mean, no matter who it is, whether it's um, just a random person that came by to, to hang out like friends or if it's a video or a, a photographer that's done a bunch of high profile sports and athletes, they always leave and go, man, I can't believe this sport isn't bigger because this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So yeah, sorry, I didn't exactly answer your question, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if, as long as we can network and show people our sport, it's always a positive. Yeah, so that's one great thing about skiing is that it's by far the most photogenic sport I've ever been a part of. Yeah, there's definitely, there's the other side of like, I, I always go through my photos and I see these funny faces that I make and I wanted to do like some Instagram thing where like I'd post a, a weird face that I make every Friday or something. But uh, yeah, in general, it's, I mean, we get to ski at some of the most beautiful lakes in the world and you got just the water droplets coming down. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, you think about another super photogenic sport like surfing. I mean, I would say we're right on par with them. Mm -hmm. Cool. So we've been talking for almost an hour now. I've got two questions left for you. Okay. First one is, uh, what is your favorite part? What was your favorite part of skiing collegiality? Um, man, it's really hard to pick just one thing. Collegiate skiing, like I've said a couple of times, is 
an experience that I think every single person that gets into the sport of water skiing should experience. Like no matter what skill level you're at or no matter who you are, um, I brought my dad out to a collegiate event at Jack's one year. It was the regionals and we were just, you know, everybody was getting going in the year and just having a good time. And, and he came out and I wasn't sure what he was going to think. And he thought it was one of the coolest things that he's ever seen. Like just people hanging out, loving skiing and like my dad, nine time world champion at the end of the day, that's what skiing is to him is just being at the lake with friends and family and having a good time. Um, so yeah. And then, I mean, that's a, that's a really general, like just having an awesome experience, but I think the, the team system at collegiate is so awesome. Uh, the fact that, you know, we do have team events such as the worlds where somebody comes away as the, the team world champions, um, shout out team Canada. Um, <laughs> but, um, the collegiate ski team event is the most team-based event I've ever experienced. And that is the most unique thing about skiing. And it also makes it super fun. And then last question is, do you have a favorite on the water memory? Oh man. Uh, you mean specifically for collegiate or in general? General. Okay. Um, so I would say in general, man, that's another tough one. Um, I mean, honestly, winning the Pan Am games in overall was really cool. Um, that was one of those things that I didn't really know how much it meant to me until after the Pan Am games. Um, I got there and there's, there's only four people per country. So obviously it's a small event, but you still have all the best skiers, uh, especially from the Pan Am, or obviously just from the Pan Am region that are there. Um, so still super high pressure, but uh, getting to be around all those other teams and then going through the opening ceremony. And we were in the, the Peru, the Peruvian national soccer stadium. And I mean, wherever that you could sit in there, people were sitting. And then Luis Fonsi, who is the guy that sings Despacito with Justin Bieber, he was the opening ceremony act. So like we're going through and it was just, the whole experience was awesome. Um, and then, you know, I placed in tricks in Natalia Kuglievan, who was with me at Rollins, who's from Peru. She became the first Peruvian to win back-to-back -back gold medals. Cool. And I've, I've never seen more cameras in front of me than that night when we did the medal ceremony. Um, and then, yeah, to, to win it the next day, um, I think Whitney McClintock and my dad, uh, I think Whitney just passed him actually at this last Pan Ams. But the two of them are the two winningest athletes in Canadian history at the Pan Am games. So it's, it's pretty cool because I mean, skiing is highly regarded, especially on the Canadian team and also on the U S team. Um, but yeah, to see that, to see that excitement, but then also to feel that, that somewhat that pressure relief when I got my first medal, that's when I realized like, man, this actually meant a lot to me. And I really enjoyed that experience. Um, then going back to collegiate, uh, again, man, how, how do you pick one moment? But, uh, I would say the, the collegiate nationals at Bennett's was really cool. Uh, getting to trick there, uh, and win tricks there was, was a really fun experience. Um, I love the, the trick format, the fact that it's so different. Um, like I said, you know, beauty of tricks, you get to do what you want and, um, getting to do eight flips. And then also two ski lines at the end was just so different for me that, when I was practicing beforehand, it was just a new thing to learn that, that really challenged me. Um, 
and then yeah just just every collegiate i i could pick any moment from any collegiate nationals and say it was the most fun moment of collegiate so you know i i'm, I'm trying to endorse it as best i can for everybody and i hope that i make it sound really fun because i don't think you can really express into words how special collegiate water skiing is oh it's insane like i'm definitely somebody who picked it up like second week into college, like one of that involvement there, like that story. And like, I, I went to that Bennett's Nationals about a month after I learned how to ski. And I'm learning more and more just how special like that Nationals was. Yeah. I'm like, I just wish I could have done it earlier so I could like have exper experienced college skiing longer. Yeah. Well, and not to mention, I mean, I figured it was really important to a lot of people and I've seen even like pro skiers cry at the end of their collegiate ski career because they were just so excited to be a part of that team. And that's something that we don't all, like I said, you know, you get to the worlds and everybody's on the same team, but we're also all trying to win the world championships potentially. Um, but then also if anybody that hasn't skied collegiately or is thinking about it or anybody that just doesn't know that much about it, I would say go and watch Marcus Brown's flow point video from that Bennett's nationals. And I was shocked how many people on that video talked about how important this, this ski team or this whole collegiate ski season was to them. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, no matter how many buoys you run or what tricks you can do or how far you jump, it's, it was cool to see that, to see how special it was. Yeah, uh, I love that video from Bennett's Nationals is the best recruiting tool I've ever had. Yeah, but, it's it's awesome. It's really like, it was a really good job. Yeah, like I made a website for my team when I got here, and it's under the Why Should You Ski. It's like I have the written reasons, and then that page is just there. Yeah, hey, <laughs> that's that's good. Good marketing skills right there. Yeah. So that's the last question I have. Do you have anything you'd want to add before I start, before I stop recording? Uh, man, I think we covered a lot. So, you know, like I said, I hope that this will get a couple of people excited about skiing or maybe into it. So, yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you thank for you. anyone who's watched this far. Hope you've learned something. I've definitely learned something. It's great. Uh, Congrats again on becoming the number one skier in the world as of. That's where I checked the ranking when I first texted you. I was like, oh, he's number two. That's great. Checked it two minutes ago. I'm like, oh, he's number one now. Yeah. Hey, I got good coaches. I got good people around me. And uh, yeah, try to work as hard as possible. So that's that's what it is to me. Great. Thank you. So thank you so much. Yeah.